0: You know, our mission at the EDO School is uh, to improve the professionalism and competency of the engineer and duty officer community, uh, but we also serve as you know, the center of leadership development for our community as well, which includes the leadership development framework that uh, we're here to talk about today.
1: Hello and welcome to The Wardrobe a podcast dedicated to the leadership development of the U.S. Navy's engineering duty officers. I'm your host, Commander Matthew Horton. On this episode, we are joined by Captain Philip Malone. Captain Malone is a 1993 graduate of the U.S. Merchant Marine Academy and holds a bachelor's degree in marine engineering systems. He is a nuclear power trained former surface warfare officer who, after laterally transferring to the engineering duty officer community, earned a Master of Science in Mechanical Engineering from the Naval Postgraduate School in 2000. He is currently serving as the commanding officer of the Engineering Duty Officer School and has agreed to come on the podcast to talk with us about the Engineering Duty Officer Leadership Development Framework, of which this podcast is a part. So we invite you to grab a cup of coffee and to join us for the conversation. Captain, welcome to the Wardroom.
0: Matthew, thank you very much and greatly appreciate uh, your efforts here with the podcast. Thanks for uh, Chantel's help uh, on working through my uh, my initiation into the podcast realm. So uh, great job on this podcast and uh, and really appreciate your efforts. So hello from Port Wyname, uh EDO school, your school, uh, the school of the, of the engineering duty officer community. Currently have basic course 22b2 uh, in session, week four of five for our uh, active duty students. We farewelled our reserve uh, students uh, a couple weeks ago. Uh, and so our basic core students are right in the middle of their uh, integrated case study, as well as learning about some civilian personnel management topics this week. So, uh, you know, things are still rolling here at the EDO school. You know, our mission at the EDO school is uh, to improve the professionalism and competency of the engineer and duty officer community. Uh, but we also serve as you know, the center of leadership development for our community as well, which includes the leadership development framework that uh, we're here to talk about today. So thank you for having me on.
1: Yes, sir. Well, hey, I do appreciate take, taking the time to talk with us about this. This is an important topic because, I mean, this is really kind of integral to everything that we do here in our leadership development. And it's an integral part of why we have this podcast. So my my first question to you is, what exactly is the leadership development framework? Why is it so important to us as a community?
0: Yeah, so a little bit of uh, uh, take some time to talk a little bit about the background of the le- leadership development framework. Uh, when you go back, you know, there's been several versions of it that uh, CNO has put out. So the you go back to 2017, it was CNO Richardson uh, who had put out the uh, initial Navy leadership development framework, uh, and he tied it directly to the policy document a design for maintaining maritime superiority. What CNO saw in the design was, you know, clearly we uh, as the Navy, we have to be operational and war fighting uh, experts. And that requires us uh, to be working every day to improve our, our competence in our profession. Two things that jumped out at CNO when uh, he put together the design for maintaining maritime superiority, uh, that was the quickening pace of change and the increasing complexity of our world. He looked at that and he said, uh, those are, are things we're dealing with in the world, but they could also be an opportunity for the Navy to improve our advantage over our potential adversaries. Creativity initiative have always been strengths of the Navy, and it was an opportunity for us to uh, to, to seize. Uh, and to develop leaders that could think more clearly and learn more rapidly than our adversaries. Leadership has always been key to Navy success, uh, and developing leaders was going to remain a principal focus of Navy and CNO. He focused and stated that top leaders inspire their teams to perform at or near their theoretical limits. By making their teams stronger, they relentlessly chase best ever performance. They study every text. Try every method and seize every moment and expend every effort to to ensure that they're better than the competitor. Working to communicate, train, test, and challenge their teams. And they're toughest on themselves, routinely seeking feedback and looking for a way to improve on their errors. So two things that the CNO focused on in that document, which uh, we should also be familiar with, right? Uh, Two lanes uh, he identified, competence and character. And they actually went as far as developing enlisted and officer development paths when you looked at that. A year later uh, an LDF 2.0 was signed out on CNO Richardson uh, in the spring of 2018. The reason that he updated it was that that he needed to update our leadership development plan to align with the updated strategic guidance. Uh, specifically at that time Secretary of Defense Mattis had issued the National Defense Strategy uh, in January of 2018 and it identified our national security objectives more firmly towards great power competition. Whereas previous policy documents had said things like potential adversaries, in 2018 China and Russia were identified as our rivals. The LDF 2.0 described the security environment and discussed how China and Russia were closing the gaps with the U.S. So to maintain our advantage, the Navy would need to be more agile, compete in ways that are sustainable, and be prepared to control the high-end maritime conflict. The document went on to identify four core attributes that define our professional identity and to serve as a grading criteria for our decisions and our actions. One thing at the EDO school we focus on, in, in addition to uh, understanding our core values, we now discuss the core attributes, which are integrity, accountability, initiative, and toughness. CNO so, you know, then went on to lay out four lines of effort L.O.E. Blue, strengthening naval power at from the sea. Aloe Green achieve high-velocity outcomes, Aloe Gold strengthening our Navy team for the future, and Aloe Purple expand and strengthen our network of partnerships. About this time, the design for maintaining Maritime Superiority 2.0 came on uh, to focus on great power competition and prevailing in an environment that has a high pace and high complexity. The Navy Leadership Development Framework was updated again to version 3.0 in May of 2019 for two reasons. First, it had to align to the new design for maintaining maritime superiority 2.0, and the 2.0 had uh, many bold and ambitious goals, including goals that affect the leadership development. Because the framework is so closely di- tied to the design, it was time to update it. Second, the two lanes discuss character and competence were expanded to include a third lane, connections. CNO stated that when we deepen and expand our connections, we learn faster and build the resilience that leads to toughness. We also improve information sharing across the Navy, which is critical to the rapidly changing environment. We strengthen the bonds of trust and confidence. So three lanes of focus now when you look at the the latest guidance from CNO competence, character and connections. These are the things that uh, have to be reflective in how we are developing as an engineering duty officer community and get reflected in our own uh, ED leadership development framework. So that's the background on it. That's what we're focused on here at the schoolhouse and across our community.
1: Well, Cam, I appreciate you kind of giving us a primer on the history and why it's important in putting the EDO-LDF in perspective. And I think we've tried to really embrace that here on the podcast, as well as some of the other initiatives that we're going to talk about here in a second. And that really has been kind of the guiding principle of of what we do here and, and um, really kind of serves to inform a lot of the discussions that we have. So l- let me talk a little inside baseball with you here about the EDO-LDF. We have various leadership forums that are ongoing. It's the Engineering Duty Officer Qualification Board, we have flag off sites with our engineering duty officer flags. We have the captain's training seminar. How do each of these leadership forums influence the EDO LDF?
0: Yeah, no, great question. And uh, quite frankly, that's uh, that is kind of inside baseball, right? You know, the mechanisms of the engineering engineering duty qualification board, the EDQB, for instance. And most of the community probably doesn't understand you know what that board is for, that even exists. So, uh, so pretty key to how we are developing the community are some of these forums. So we mentioned the three documents uh, that the CNO put out over the last few years and roughly they were updated once a year. So in response to that the Engineer Duty Officer community continually updated its guidance. So in response to each of them we issued the, the first two leadership development frameworks under Vice Admiral Moore and our most current version the 3.0 was signed up by Vice Admiral Galinas in July of 21. As you mentioned, key groups are involved in developing these documents. So the EDQB, uh, and a little background on that, right, that includes the EDO school leadership, uh, the CEO, the executive director, the EXO of EDO school, uh, our engineering duty plans and policy lead, currently John Keegan, sit on that, uh, our head detailer, uh, as well as the director of military and reserve programs, previously was Rich Sussman, now uh, Captain Jet Parmer. And then there's reps from all the mentor groups. So the cross-section of our community is represented on that EDQB. Uh, this group provides feedback to our, to our uh, flag leadership on uh, whether it's the school curriculum or the development of the leadership development framework. Inputs on that are then uh, taken by the flag officers and they're reviewed at the yearly flag offsite where the direction of the community is reviewed and direction provided. The initiatives are then outbriefed each year at the Captain Training Seminar, which typically takes place in August in Washington, D.C., and that's where the flags uh, look for feedback from uh, our community leadership at the captain level and lessons learned on things we should be doing different from the direction that's come out. So that's how we take the guidance from CNO and how we uh, we shape it through those forums. Uh, There's also input from uh, activities such as the EDGC, the engineering duty guiding coalition has provided inputs um, and other areas where we uh, we accept feedback and then provide it to the flags.
1: Well, I appreciate you letting us inside a, a little bit of how you know our leadership, uh, I guess, body works in, in terms of how we influence the, the leadership development of the, of the community. So uh, let me ask you, what is the EDO LDF? What is it asking of us? as a community, individual engineering duty officers. And that's both at the senior officer level and then also at the junior officer level. Yes.
0: Yeah, so when you look at the engineering duty LDF 3.0, um, you know, some things that are, that are pointed out to it, right? You know, as a nation uh, and as a Navy, you know, we as the EDO community have been providing cutting edge warfighting capabilities. You could go back, you could look at uh, nuclear-powered submarines and the leadership provided there, the SSP program, uh, integrated combat systems, other areas where we need to be on the edge, meaning on the edge of our competence uh, leading the Navy. Uh, our mentor groups and the reserve components reflect the breadth of knowledge across our community and provide connections across the technical competencies of the Navy needed to develop those capabilities. Uh, remember, uh, EDOs are naval officers first and leaders always. So. And ED's leadership is built on that foundation of character, competence, and connections that we previously identified. And we need to continuously and deliberately strengthen that throughout our career. This is the foundation of what makes EDOs ready to lead teams and projects, programs, and ultimately develop and execute the responsibilities of command, which all of us uh, should be looking to achieve. So within the EDO leadership development framework, we have guidance in our leadership development uh, again, closely aligned with CNO's LDF, uh, but looking to rely on our community's strengths and to drive each community member, whether that's at the flag, the captain, or at the lieutenant level, uh, to fully develop their leadership potential. Uh, key to that is the uh, EDO mentoring program. So what you'll see in the document is you know, it's pretty specific guidance on how we expect uh, uh, the senior members of our community to mentor the junior members of the community on a path of not only competence, but that character development through leadership development. And what can be done to uh, fully incorporate and strengthen our community as well as uh, each individual. Additionally, it provides uh, uh, a systems for competence development, uh, such as, you know, here at the schoolhouse. You know, it defines the topics that we're going to cover in the schoolhouse and it looks to do what we start at the schoolhouse, uh, you know, trying to get people to look at, uh, you know, what is their character, what is their personality types, things of this nature, so that can support the character development piece. And then when you look at, uh, you know, what starts at the schoolhouse and expands out to our qualification, and then our other commands, how do we develop, you know, that cultural uh, connection with each other as uh, as engineering duty officers. So it's asking us to, to have a plan for our leadership development, and then it lays out the mechanisms with which you know, each individual can lay out that plan and track their progress, relying heavily on the mentor groups and the mentorship program.
1: Well, I appreciate you putting that perspective for us. I mean, it is really really key to, I think, to understand that this is direction coming from the top. It's coming from the CNO level and that it is trickling down and that the community is doing this purposefully. And that it has been well thought out. And and I do think it's important because I think it's we struggle maybe sometimes in, in that character development lane sometimes with how do we develop ourselves not just as technically competent officers, but also uh, ones that have a strong moral compass, that we know how to embrace all members of our community, that we know how to promote people from different leadership styles and different backgrounds. So I really do appreciate the the focus that's there within the EDO LTF let me ask you this, you know, the EDO LDF, I I don't think it's just asking things just of us. What does it offer us as an engineering duty officer community?
0: Sure. So, uh, yeah, we're engineers. Uh, we like to have a procedure to follow. Uh, we like to have a common lexicon, common terminology. Uh, so that's one thing that the, the ED LDF, you know, lays out for us, right? So there's a roadmap there and, uh, you know, it establishes an implementation cycle that supports both individual development and community development. Uh, the first cycle is a biannual cycle and provides for continuous education and feedback uh, at the community level through activities such as surveys, the engineering duty qualification board, the flag off sites, mentor group meetings, and the captain's training seminars as we previously discussed. Uh, When you look at surveys, right, so this is no kidding uh, data that we bring in, we utilize the Office of Personnel Management survey. And this attempts to identify the strengths of an individual in a group against 28 leadership attributes. Uh, so as you look at uh, at the LDF, you'll see that matrix of uh, leadership attributes, which are aligned to the CNO's uh, core attributes and to character competence and connections. So uh, again, it's a way to align folks on a common lexicon of, hey, how do you progress in this leadership journey? Now you can kind of focus in on what is one of those 28 attributes. And then when you go to the appendix, you There's a whole list by OPM that says, hey, depending where you are in your leadership journey, uh, you can be a, you know, a one to a five. And then they give you some some terminology or some uh, definitions of what attributes you should have at a a junior level or an executive level for each of those 28 attributes. So, again, it gives people uh, something to look at in order to, uh, you know, to try to put a pin on uh, where they need to improve. Uh, in addition to that survey, which is a community-wide survey that we do every other year, a similar survey is provided to the personnel that are attending the senior course here at, uh, at EDO school. So we use the OPM 360 assessment. So a 360 assessment draws feedback from supervisors and subordinates that you identify uh, that can feed back to you as well as you take in the survey. And this data, which is stripped of any identifying information, is continually compiled for us after each senior officer course. And that's used to trend the community over time on, hey, what of these leadership attributes that we have uh, should we across the community potentially focus on? So that's kind of the the high level, how uh, we can start the discussion about across the community, what we should focus on from a leadership development standpoint. Uh, The second cycle that's identified, there is a continuous cycle that focuses on the individual. uh, And that's through through a combination of formal training, such as those supported by EDO school, uh, community activities, uh, which a number of them are identified in the document, uh, mentoring and other individual activities, uh, including our qualification uh, program uh, the defense acquisition uh, university uh, uh, certification or back to basics uh, related uh, uh, training items so the framework and the tools provided in the document are the chart and compass uh, that provides for our leadership
1: development now you're speaking to my heart as an engineer here you're talking data and appendices and matrices this is all this is all good stuff but I think it really helps to to bring structure and order to some of the softer skills I think we have as leaders. So I, I I think that's very useful tool in that regard. Um, so you mentioned some of the other leadership development activities under the EDO LDF aside from this podcast, which is one of them. Can you tell us maybe what some of those other ones are and, um, who the leadership is in our community?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, community-wide uh, again we continue to build upon uh, what opportunities are out there such as the opportunity to do a, a podcast but we also want to look at uh, you know outside traditional ways of doing business such as uh, you know using podcasts and new technologies so some of the things that we focus on and when you look at the uh, appendix uh, within the uh, leadership development framework LinkedIn uh, LinkedIn is a phenomenal resource uh, for for communications amongst, uh, you know, like-minded professionals. So we have a LinkedIn, uh, EDO development group. Ethan Jurowski right now is kind of as the gatekeeper. Uh, there's, uh, almost 500 members of that, of that group on LinkedIn. Periodically, you know, someone will drop a story, drop an article related to leadership development or, or challenges in the workplace. And, and it's a forum for identifying, uh, you know what what are latest trends and also just communicating amongst uh, uh the engineering duty officer community and a great way just to update people on news uh you know we typically uh we'll drop in there the latest uh, graduating class from uh, from e d o school uh and recently I, I we dropped a few pictures in there when we had uh lieutenant commander uh, matthew Wagner out here from uh, navo o c who was working to uh do some displays of battle damage and assessment repair equipment that are stored out here in Port Wainimi at the uh, ESSM facility. So it's a a good forum, uh, and it's one that uh, the community is encouraged to utilize. Related to LinkedIn, uh, we also have access to what's called LinkedIn Learning. So LinkedIn Learning is a huge library of professional development topics that we have access to as members of the acquisition workforce. Mike Budeman right now is a, is a gatekeeper for that. And those that have a, a LinkedIn account can, uh, can ask to have access to LinkedIn Learning. We own, we own so many licenses. I don't know if that's the right term, but it'll get you access to this information. And, and I got to tell you, it really is a vast library. I mean, you want to go find a, a short uh, training topic about how to run a good meeting, you'll probably find one there that's 20 minutes long. Uh, you want to become a a, a TI network administrator? You know, you'll find uh, learning paths there that are 40 hours long. So uh, it it is really a great resource, and uh, I talk to each of the base course students and really encourage them to take advantage of uh, of that as a resource. Uh, tied back to uh, leadership development, some of our former junior officers have gone in there and they've put together what's called a learning path that ties to topics related to developing others and initiatives. So uh, there's some pre-work already done in there along the lines of where our community attributes are right now uh, that are a great resource. When you look at uh, some of the mentor group run initiatives that uh, we think are beneficial, uh, continuous learning seminars. uh, So those are opportunities uh, for mentor groups to identify technical topics or maybe professional topics uh, and put together a continuous learning seminar where the community can jointly uh, learn from the, the a uh, subject matter expert on a particular topic. The EDO school has put out, uh, you know, a standard operating procedure um, that that folks can can follow along with. Uh, the one thing we're looking for for feedback on that is, you know, how often are we doing them? You know, our goal is to try to do them quarterly uh, under the mentor group leads, uh, and then gain f- some feedback. So there's, uh, you know, the, the the officer that uh, leads that, we, we're asking at the EDO school to get some feedback on, you know, who attended and, and, uh, and feedback on the execution of uh, that continuous learning seminar. The other uh, area identified and a great opportunity, again, for leadership from our, our junior officers in the community, are book clubs. Uh, again, uh, we're asking the mentor groups uh, to facilitate running these uh, we have an SOP out there that gives you know, whomever is going to lead a book club activity, how they could step through and plan and execute it. Uh, and once again, we're looking for uh, feedback at the EDO school on how the book club went. Um, each of these, uh, when you go to EDO Maine, which I should have mentioned earlier, right? You, know, when, when you When you want to get to the pulse of the community, you know, go and utilize Edomain. I can't emphasize that enough. Tremendous amount of information there related to uh, these topics, as well as our professional development topics with our precedents list and the slate and other things uh, published on there. So looking for uh, uh, input from the community on those sort of development topics. Some other things that the LDF highlights. When we signed up 3.0, Vice Ed Galinas has asked, hey, we want to really make sure that the mentor group leadership has a good feedback to the entire mentor group. So, uh, you know, twice annually, uh, we're looking for mentor groups to be doing all hands calls. Uh, I think when I look across the community, that's definitely happening. And and some of, them, some of the mentor groups even do a quarterly call. And those are great uh, opportunities to discuss not only hey, uh, you know, what's the hard fill slate job they may be looking at, but also to discuss what are good topics for book clubs, learning seminars, and other topics of the day. So those are a few of the areas, uh, Matthew, that are laid out as our, as our community-wide activities.
1: Well, Cam, it's great to hear that we have like, such a plethora of options uh, and for leadership development out there, a lot of leadership opportunities, both at the junior and mid-grade levels. And then I'm sure too, if you know, if members of the community have questions, they can obviously go there to main. But I'm sure too, the the schoolhouse there is available for as an additional resource if they, if our community has questions or uh, wants to provide feedback or, or get plugged into some of these initiatives that are ongoing. Absolutely. So tied to that, you mentioned actually two of our targeted attributes this year: developing others and initiative. And those are both supported by strategic thinking and vision. Uh, Can you explain how those were selected? How does that work within the framework of the EDO-LDF?
0: Yeah. Um, So as mentioned above, you know, we utilize this biannual cycle to look at the data that we get from the OPM survey and from the OPM 360. OPM, uh, you know, they... uh, They have some significant analytical capabilities. And so when we take these surveys and and we do the 360, they provide an analysis in a report format uh, to the community. So this serves as a a starting point for the community to review our targeted leadership attributes. This uh, OPM survey is tied right to the 28 leadership attributes that you see in the LDF. And so looking at that data, what they do is they compare you know, based on the individuals' review of, hey, what does an individual think is an important leadership trait, and then how do they judge themselves on their development? You know, their strengths and weaknesses associated with that trait. So what that allows us to do is we can take a look at where the flags have identified what they feel are the important leadership attributes, and then align those to see how did the rest of the community judge themselves in those same areas. And so you'll, you'll see, okay, how do they overlap? And that uh, then looks at, or excuse me, would be a starting point uh, for the flag leadership to look and say, okay, what should we uh, be focused on across the community? Also taking in, obviously, a lot of other sub- subjective items uh, that are uh, uh, observed by the flags on you know, what's the latest going on in our community? What are the recent community issues to identify those focus areas?
1: Well, so if uh, the members of our audience have been paying attention, I think that they will recognize that uh, developing others and initiative are the same targeted attributes from our from our previous cycle. Can you tell us why that is? Why do you, why are they the same from the previous one?
0: Yeah, I think uh, some of that Matthew gets into how the surveys ask the questions, uh, but also there's a big piece that that's just aligned to the fact that. I believe it's reflective of where the flag officers feel our priorities are. So again, the, the the OPM community-wide survey it's a self-assessment. So most people are going to judge themselves strong in areas such as integrity and technical uh, credibility, areas that we think are very important. But again, I think the, what the flags would take away is well, we already recognize those are important, um, and we agree that in general, relatively strong in those areas. Then you look at some of the other uh, areas or attributes that are identified in the matrix, right? political awareness. Uh, so many in our community may not uh, necessarily judge themselves strong in political awareness. Uh, but again, the flag officers aren't necessarily completely focused to say, hey, that's that's a critical area for our community uh, is political awareness. So what you end up seeing, I think, the, the first, uh, you know, twenty cycle from 2020 and then the cycle that fed the 22 uh, cycle, it was an alignment of flag officer priorities uh, and the uh, what we hope is the honest appraisal of individuals on where they see their strengths and weaknesses. So I think that, uh, again, it's, it's somewhat how the survey is developed, but also reflective, I think, of our community priorities.
1: Well, I had a question for you. You kind of answered it a little bit. I think it it does tell us something about ourselves as a community. And I think that it is saying, Hey, it's not that we're necessarily not getting these. It's that they remain critical to our leadership toolkit, I guess, as we're developing all as leaders. And, and uh, so we've highlighted these two areas, then developing others and initiative as areas. I think that we need to continue on as a community continue to improve in. And, um, and I think that's important, right? And particularly like, picking apart that initiative-targeted attribute. And I don't know if we can talk about that for a second, because because I think that that is one area where, as I'm sitting out here and in, embedded in the, in the PAC fleet staff, kind of at the operational level, I, I think that's where we as an EDO community really do need to continue to flex our muscles, lean forward, taking initiative, just being a go-getter, I guess, really just getting stuff done. I, I don't know.
0: Yeah, you know, interesting uh, observation and uh, obviously, you have a, a, a unique perspective uh, there uh, on the staff, and, and seeing uh, quite frankly far more than the majority of the of the community is seeing. As we are, you know, head down at our uh, at our shipyards or warfare centers uh, or within a program office, um, you know, quite frankly, we're 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 not on that uh, face the fleet side of the house all the time, like you may be seeing. But yeah, this issue of of uh, initiative. And uh, why it has to be so important. Again, I think reflective of some of your observations, because guess what? The flag officers hear, you know, far more from the fleet on here's what I need you doing. uh, And what are we going to do to get ahead of these problems? So I think that is reflective of the fact that the flag officers are feeling, uh, for lack of a better term, more of the heat, uh, and we need to get after this as a community in order to get initiatives on the table that will uh, benefit, uh, you know, the warfighter, which is uh, which should be our primary focus uh, as a, as a community.
1: That was great insight, Captain, and I appreciate that connecting it back to the to the flag officer level. It really is initiative leaning forward, not necessarily waiting for the Palm cycle, which I think I hear a lot is, Hey, let's do it now, 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 not, not five years from now. So I appreciate you connecting that back. Um, okay. So one last little, let's talk, uh, uh, inside baseball again here in terms of actually what's in the EDO LDF, the leadership development journal. So I will tell you, me personally, I am not a big journaler, but I can understand the importance so how should we be using that as part of the EDO-LDF?
0: Yeah, the uh the journal again, and and uh, we have fans and we have those that are not fans as I do uh, kind of informal surveys whether that's uh, to the EDQB, which obviously are the you know the captain level, uh, or of the basic course students coming through, or the senior course students coming through, you know, uh, I would tell you that I have used journals over my career. Uh, I've got half a dozen uh, from every level of of, uh, of my career that that I've uh, had, uh, captured some thoughts into. And uh, you know, so what does a journal do for you? Well, you know, it's a tool that can simulate personal reflection, uh, as well as be a, a way to put your thoughts when you have a dialogue between uh, you and your, your supervisor or your mentor, right? Uh, you know, in leadership, it's helpful to know and understand our subordinates and team members. Uh, if we want to inspire them, now, knowing others, their personality type, their leadership styles, you know, you know what makes them tick, uh, obviously, is important. but to do that, you need to first know who you are and understand ourselves, right? Um, and, and one great way to do that is to, you know, ask yourself some questions and, and the journal can be a way to do that, right? You know, what is it that uh, that's important to me? Um, how do you get the self-awareness that you need so you can be more authentic when you're dealing with your subordinates? You know, what are your values? You know, what is my personality type? You know how do I take in information? Yeah, you know, some of these terms that we have in the LDF, right, directly tied to tools that we try to provide to the community, uh, so that the uh, you know, we give the basic course students the the Myers Briggs type indicator MBTI, uh, as well as the the California Psychological Inventory two hundred and sixty the CPI two hundred and sixty, and that's a good starting point when trying to answer those questions of Hey, how do I See myself, and how can I then shape myself uh, in order to uh, be a good leader? During the the senior course, as already mentioned, we also provide the OPM three hundred and sixty. So now you're getting that feedback from your uh, your superiors as well as your subordinates. Uh, and at this point, we we are still given the CPI two hundred and sixty at the at the uh, senior course to get another another take on that. So you know, b- tying that back to the journal. Uh, What we're trying to do is, you know, give people some things to focus on based on, you know, the analysis that uh, these different assessments uh, provide to you as an individual. And the journal can be a way to put together a plan for yourself uh, to pursue areas of improvement.
1: Well, I appreciate you um, explaining the purpose of the journal and while it's in there. You know, I I don't know if I'll fall in the fan or not fan crowd, but but I understand its purpose. And I really think that the thing that I'm hearing from you a lot and what I think is important in all of this is to understand that the EDO LDF, it's from the community and it's for the community. So we as leaders, we are constantly providing feedback into it. What we need to focus on as a leadership um, development of our community and uh, the tools that are there Or organic from that process. They're coming out reflecting what we value as a community, what we value in our leadership development. So I appreciate this conversation. I really think it's been an important one. It puts a lot of what we're talking about here in perspective. So thank you for that. Well, I have one last question for you, Captain, and this one is always my favorite one every episode we get to do. Do you have any good book recommendations for us? And it can be about leadership development or it can be about anything that you want to talk about.
0: Yeah, no, uh, um, I'm a big consumer of books. Of course, um, uh, I'm mostly an audiobook consumer these days, uh, taking advantage of Overdrive Media in the MWR library, the DOD library, and, and quite frankly, my, uh, my local library card. Um, so, uh, huge consumer of, of books. Um, I'm always, always listening to something, uh, and I have actually picked up a hard copy book a, a couple times this year. One of them that I read this year was Team of Teams, Team of Teams by uh, you know, General McChrystal uh, and his colleagues. Uh, I think it's a phenomenal book. Right, uh, gets into their challenges they had when they were in Iraq, but you know, provide example after example of you know how those same lessons can be applied to leadership and management in other organizations. Uh, what I liked about it was, you know, lots of historical examples, you know, short vignettes and stories uh, that they uh, then tie back to some key principles. And those principles are clearly laid out in each chapter. Right. So there's a summary of, hey, here's what we covered and and here's what we think should be your key takeaway. So um, I thought it was great because it was a great read. I'm a big uh, fan of history um, and some of the topics covered there. So, uh, yeah, I highly recommend it. Matter of fact, um, I'm providing it now to the to the basic core students and we use it as we talk about uh, different leadership items. The other one I'll, I'll mention, <laughs> you might say it's a bit more textbook format, uh, but I found it very, very valuable uh, during my career. So it's called Getting to Yes, uh, and it, uh, I think any of the, the folks that went through the 400-level uh, DAU courses were exposed to this, and that's, quite frankly, the first time I got a hold of it. Uh, but I think it really is, uh, you know, it's, it, it's been around for 30-plus years in different business schools and things, but it's a phenomenal book. Uh, when you look at you know, what do you have to do to engage and come up with a productive way to have the the negotiations and it and again negotiations don't have to be uh you know, negotiating with a major shipbuilder uh you know when you're trying to build uh, two aircraft carriers uh but it could be negotiations to, just between you and your staff uh, which you know, it, it emphasizes you know that does not have to be a a clash or a collision. Um, And it really does provide some great step-by-step strategies uh, for coming to mutual acceptable agreements in all sorts of different situations. So uh, two for your list there, team of teams and, and getting to yes.
1: So, yeah, Captain, I can definitely second both of those recommendations. I think we read Team of Teens uh, in a book club early, early on, and really enjoyed that. Still refer back to the lessons learned from that one a lot. I think he mentions the illusion of control, which is still something I talk a lot about. And getting to Yes, I had a big, I had a PM who was very big into that book, and it was played an integral role in some major contract negotiations that we had. So I, again, thank you, Captain, for coming on. This was a great conversation, and I appreciate your time. Thank you for joining us in The Wardroom. If you have questions you would like our guests to answer, comments, or suggestions, you can email us at WardroomPodcast at gmail.com, or tweet or follow us on Twitter, at Wardroom Podcast. Special thanks to our sound engineer, Lieutenant Chantal Lavender. If you like what you heard today, be sure to give us a rating on your favorite podcast listening app. It helps others discover the show, and allows us to keep getting great guests like the one you heard today. We look forward to meeting again in The Wardroom.